You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Got your beginning of the show dance on. I know. It's always a frisky dance. It's a frisky dance. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of tragic, though. God forbid we ever get this show on camera. I wonder if you'll still do that dance. No, I'll be standing right in that corner where, <laughs> where no camera angle can see. <laughs> that oh, is where I will Janice, be. Yeah. you will consistently disappoint our listeners. They want you on Twitter and all that stuff. Girl, man. they don't want to see my... This is not. This is not. This is not the best of times for me in my. Um, you know, what are you talking about? Well, I've lost my mojo a little bit, but that's okay. Let's. What do you mean you've lost your mojo? I kinda, I'm in a. I'm in a bit of a um, uh, suspended reality. What? Yeah, th- there's times. Speak English, you Canuck. A specific, my life is in a slight suspension, so you just kind of, you can't really make a lot of big decisions. You kind of just got to ride it out. So you you t- never make big decisions. You just recently got another dog. Yeah. And we lost Ellie like five years ago. No. Buddy. It was three years ago. It, was it really only three years ago? Yeah. Okay, that's still a long... I mean... You, Would you, let's do a show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is... I think it's you bring up, and I, I was going to talk about the holidays, but I but now you bring up kind of an interesting point. I think that... A lot of people might feel like, when you say the suspended reality, do you mean you, you feel like since there's no specific direction or things aren't exactly where you want them, that other aspects of your life have gone on hold? Yeah. And it's it's because because when you're dealing with a, um aged parent yeah. and you are, um, you are a care, you're not caretaker, you're a caregiver to a parent. Caretaker. Caretaker, caregiver. Yeah. You can't. Your life does at my age. Oh, you know. stop well, at your not, age. Shut no, up. I, I say that because there your are many age. people at my age. Madonna is your friggin' age. She's okay. playing the Super Bowl. She's releasing a new album. She's got a whole line of gyms coming out across Europe. What are you talking to me about okay, right is now? Is Madonna feeding her dad every night? How? No. We wouldn't know that. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I doubt that she Maybe she is. Okay. Maybe Papa Scuccioni Chuscuccioni? I don't remember what her last name is. How could you blaspheme Madonna's name? I don't. Name? It's Circioni. What is it? Circioni? <laughs> What's her last name? I can't. Ciccone. Well, that's what I said. Suzioni. <laughs> Go I, on. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm Italian myself, so. Oh, clearly. <laughs> Suzioni. Oh, yeah. I'm You're just, straight out of the mother country. I'm just. <laughs> what in the world? I'm, I'm straight from the bottom of the boot. Now. 
What I'm saying is when you're in a situation, for me, this is just for me. Okay. I'm in a situation where yeah. I can't, I, I have to see this through. I'm going to see this through. And I understand that. Okay. So okay. there's certain things that I cannot do right now in my life. So I'm going to just. You can't have a Twitter account. Oh my God. You can't be on camera if we decided to make this a video cast. <laughs> That's just bullcrap, Janice. That's just you finding an excuse to hide from life. It just I, is. I don't think And it's that, probably you making an excuse to stay out of a relationship because God knows you found a good one for the last friggin' fun I have known you five years that I've known you. Well, aren't we start? Shouldn't we be doing a show? We are doing a show, and we're using you as an example of what not to do. What is not to do? Here's what's not to do. I get that, you know, you may be definitely in a position of limbo where certain aspects of your life can't move forward until one chapter closes. That makes sense. I think a lot of people do this with weight, and it's a Mm. strange analogy to, to tie on, but I've seen a lot of people say, well, come on, we had a caller a short while back that said, well, I can't go to the beach, I'm overweight. I can't fall in love, I'm overweight. I right. can't, you I know, and it's like, oh, well, what a, what a excellent excuse for you to just check out of life. You're overweight. And I, I think that certain people can find excuses to, to disengage from certain things. And I, I just, I noticed that you, you disengage from certain things and you find good reasons. And I understand that you have an ailing parent, and I know that would be hell on earth, and I dread the day I have to go through it. But I I still wouldn't. It doesn't mean that you can't engage in other things simultaneously. You can. And this applies if, if you are someone listening that is agreeing with Janice right now. I think you've got some exploring to do. Some internal self-exploration. And and what makes you think that that is not going on? Sometimes sometimes okay. we need this to happen in life. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. we. No, that, you, we. We're that, talking to... That your life does get stuck in this, probably not the best word to choose, stuck, but put in this limbo, that you do have a chance to finally go, oh, God, am I doing the right thing here? When when do you get a chance? Do you, do you ever, do you, Jillian, ever mm. take a second just okay. to stop and go... Am I, am I happy here? Your, oh, your life is are you so busy. Kidding me? Yes, all the time. Do you? Absolutely. And I, I definitely every night. I remember watching Steve Jobs after he passed away. He gave a speech, and I believe it was at Stanford. And he, ironically, was talking about waking up every morning and asking this question. If I was going to die today, would this be how I want to spend my day? And he said, if you wake up too many mornings and the answer to that question is no, you have to make a change. And so every day now, I wake up and go, is this, if I was dying, would I spend a day like this? Would I spend my time like this? I think about that all the time. So I would say to everybody else out there, if you were going to die, would you avoid Jumping into all these great things that life has to offer while you've got the time. You know, whether it's exploring uh, where this podcast could end up going, Janice, and having a friggin' Twitter and whatever, or whether it's falling in love, or whether it's starting that business, or whether it's all these things that we say tomorrow on. What if there was no tomorrow? What if we had to make it work? Today, 
well, I guess I would probably color my hair again. Well, then color your <laughs> damn hair. No, I'm just what I don't understand is your life is so damn busy. What I don't understand is don't you when you're that busy, aren't you just riding this way? Like, do you? I no. The biggest loser was the wave. The wave was the biggest loser. And when I was waking up too many mornings in a row, and the answer to my question was no, I wouldn't want to spend my day like this. Then that's when I knew it was time to make a change. And it wasn't because I didn't like working with the contestants. And it wasn't because I'm not madly in love with Bob. You know, there were certain parts about that show that I found very hard. And I didn't like being able to not control the message. I didn't like being able to not control the image. I didn't particularly like the producers of the show. And it was really it became a very unhappy experience for mm-hmm. me and i was like i want off of this ride it's not what i want to be doing um so again it it wasn't the contestants and it wasn't bob but just the particular scenarios that existed at that time didn't make me happy and i made a change when i you know when i decided that i wanted to start a family that i i began attempting to start a family because i realized i said to my mom one day, uh, when am I ever going to be a grandma? When am I ever going to be a grandma? And I would always tell her, in five years, mom, once I get this, this, and this done, once I get this, this, and this done, once I accomplish that, once I get this out of the way, once I have this much money, once I'm stable in this way, professionally, it was always something. And one day, you know, I had done losing it, and I, it really, I was living with kids on that show, and it really made me think, uh-oh, I think I might be missing something pretty significant here and I'm not getting any younger and I had the conversation with my mom and I ended the friggin conversation with well maybe when I finish you know this season of biggest loser or whatever she goes babe it's always gonna be tomorrow it's always gonna be x amount of years from now you're always gonna find an excuse for something that scares you because motherhood scares me and I've, I've been very transparent about it I am so afraid of making a mistake I'm so I mean your whole life changes that's scary I'm scared that I'm not going to do a good job at it I'm just I'm terrified about it I am I'm terrified and I'm super excited but I am extremely scared and and so I always found a way to to put it off and then finally one day I was just said I've got to pursue this I've got to make this happen and now, you know, hopefully in 2012, I will, it will come to its fruition. Uh, w- with that said, you, we can always find these excuses for opting out of things that make us vulnerable. And uh, anything that we want, anything where there's risk involved, anything where there's desire, we're going to be vulnerable because there's a the risk of rejection and failure. But the shift, the shift happened for you. The shift has to be organic. The shift to make, to, to move has to be, I mean, I believe in, in, in action. You, you have to, you can't, you have to act yourself into right thinking, not think yeah. yourself into right acting. Okay. I understand that. Well, where's the action? I'm just saying, I'm asking you. What? <laughs> God, you're such a brat. I'm asking <laughs> you, where was your shift? Where was, you know, you wasn't just like, I, I was, was doing losing it. And then the next day I, I was to... raised to shift though. So the way that I was raised, I'm very, very fortunate that at a young age, I was raised by my mom. And again, you know, 
through my martial, I hate to say it, but through my martial arts experience, I was raised to adapt, to shift, to engage, uh, and to confront fear. Mm-hmm. And I learned at a young age that I would survive the failures. I have so many friggin' failures. I mean, I've become like, oh, here's another one. Let me just add that onto the pile. There are so many. And I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like I don't even have an ego about it anymore. I'm like, that one didn't work. I'll own that. That was all my fault. Oops, screwed that up. Or, oh, I tried it. It didn't work. It wasn't the right fit. And there's going to be a lot more. But the more you do it and the more you fail and the more you engage, you also realize that there are successes, victories, triumphs that go along with those failures, integral and critical lessons, and that the failures aren't going to ruin you. You're still going to be standing even when you fail. Mm -hmm. God, I've had so many, so many personally, professionally, and they suck and you grieve and it's a loss, but you're still standing and it allows you to learn and move on to the next thing with all of that wisdom so that it works. But you just, you cannot, we use these excuses of once I get this done, I'll do that. But that day never comes no, that's true. No, and then right. years right. go by years go by where you haven't been in love or you haven't pursued a family or you haven't started that business and it's wasted time and there's nothing more precious than your time nothing nothing no amount of money nothing is more precious than the very limited finite amount of time we have on this planet so stop procrastinating and start a twitter <laughs> let's do it today Go on, you do it in the corner. We'll take a break. Go on, you do it in the corner. <laughs> We're going to take a break, and you're going to start a Twitter. When we come back, I'm going to announce it in the whole freaking podcast no, with Janice. No, no you no, action, no, action. No, no action. No, today. Now. Start Please. a Twitter. No. Here we go. We're taking a break. When we come back, Janice's Twitter handle. Woohoo! I'll be your first follower. There it is. Jake pulled it up. Okay, we're going to break. We're going to come back with Janice's Twitter. We'll be back. Do it right now. You'll make me look like an ass. Janice, I will look like an ass. Sign up for Twitter. Oh, my God. Sign up! Janice! Find yourself a girl and settle down. Live a simple life in a quiet town. Steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. So steady as she goes. Jake, are you ready? Are we up? Success! Unsuccessful! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Janice now has a Twitter, and it is at Janice Ungaro. J A N I C E U N G A R O. At Janice Ungaro. And all you have to do is go to Twitter and search Janice Ungaro and click follow. Huh? Now, Your adoring public awaits. Yeah. You, you know what, though? You know what's so... The, you know what the saddest part is about the whole thing? What? Is I don't know what to do now. Answer them. You've, you've opened up a, a, a Pandora's box for me. Respond. Well, well, I'm going to have to figure out when I... I'm going to have to t- do a take-home. I'm going to have to go to Twitter school. What are you talking about? Click reply. Well... I don't know. I just don't think there's going to be. The, I think you. I think you have this fantasy that people want to talk to me. And a I, fantasy. You got a thousand friends in thirty minutes. What are you talking about right now? They're, they're a thousand. Get off the pot, McGee. Start <laughs> tweeting. This is it. Welcome to the future, right, Jake? 
Welcome to the future. Now let's talk about something that pisses me off. Okay. Yeah. I'm super... Man, you bounce. You're bouncy today. You're bouncing between happy and then pissed. (sighs) I know it, boy. Yeah. I know. I don't know what it is. I don't think I'm PMSing either. Maybe I'm just unstable, which is not new (laughs) news, but maybe the cracks are starting (laughs) to show. God. Uh, Okay. How about this one? Have you heard about this? Uh... This is this is at this point a little a little old news, uh, but it's uh, it's new news for us on the show to discuss. Congress wants to keep. Okay, I'm reading you uh, an article from the Associated Press. Congress wants to keep pizza and French French fries on school lunch lines, fighting back against an Obama administration proposal to make school lunches healthier. So. Basically, to make a very long story short, the Obama administration tried to limit starchy vegetables and get fries and sodium fries off the list, you know, more than once or twice a week mm-hmm. and get sodium reduced and add whole grains. And here's what they did. This is amazing. <laughs> so basically, they created these provisions that do the following. Block the Agriculture Department from limiting starchy vegetables, including corn and peas, to two servings a week. The rule was intended to cut down on French fries, which some schools serve daily. By the way, they count that as a vegetable, a French fry, because it's a potato. So they count that as a serving of vegetables. I thought that was real old school. They still do. Oh, absolutely. Smurfly. Yeah. Allow the USDA to count two tablespoons of tomato paste as a vegetable as it does now. I know you're, la- you're laughing because what else are you going to do? Cry? Isn't this amazing? Um, and the reason they do this is because uh, the department had attempted to acquire only a half a cup of tomato paste could be considered a vegetable. Too much to put on pizza. Uh, federally, subsidizes lunch- federally subsidized lunches must, ha- must have a certain number of vegetables to be served. That's why they're saying now that pizza is a vegetable because the the two servings of who's the crafty little bastard in the back room coming up with this you know what we can call tomato paste a vegetable and then we can serve pizza who is that sob and boy do i hope he rots on the ninth circle of hell <laughs> i swear don't, don't hold back i'm just oh my God. i want to know like where does that guy fall in the axis oh. of evil like who sits there and thinks about how they're gonna rob our children of nutrients even though I know that I personally am paying enough tax dollars to afford a kid a vegetable or two. Seriously? So what's the benefit? Scumbag. Hold on, I'm not done. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, require the USDA to, quote, define whole grains before they regulate them. Regulate them. The rules would require schools to use more whole grains. So what Obama, okay. the Obama administration was trying to do is get more whole grains, obviously, into the school lunches. And they want a definition, which is really just a way of stalling. Mm-hmm. so that they can't regulate it. And the whole idea is, here's the bottom line. The food companies that have contracts with the uh, the school lunches and the USDA, all this stuff, there's contracts and food companies that have deals behind this. And so it's about budgets. Okay. It's about what's kind of, this is, again, I don't want to get too political because it's not my place. And honestly, I'm not educated enough on politics to understand it. But here's a sad statistic for you. When I was in the Middle East visiting the troops, I got to meet a fighter pilot, and this guy had the most crazy outfit and, you know, the, the suit that he wore and the this and the that and the helmet, and he goes, do you have any idea, because his helmet almost dropped, and he goes, do you have any idea how much this helmet cost? 
Just guess, Janice. Guess how much a helmet for an I can't remember was a fighter jet. The helmet of a fighter oh, pilot. Oh God! I, I, guess. Fifteen hundred bucks, two thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars, and they have four of them. They have in case one breaks. Four of them to get his helmet right into four of them. So that's one point two million dollars for the helmet of one of our fighter pilots. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not suggesting that we should not support our military. I'm not suggesting that, you know, our troops shouldn't have what they need to do what they need to do. But I'm simply saying I sure do wish we could get our boys home so that we could take funds like that and put them into things like the nutrition of our kids. I mean, when you look at those statistics, they're cutting budgets and we don't have the money for healthy lunches and this and that. And here's the bad news, because ready, here's the solution. Parents, do what you can to pack your kids' lunches. And now I can already hear, here's what the mom is saying to me through her device that she's listening to us on. Jillian, I don't have the time. Jillian, it's so easy for you to say. You're not a parent yet. Jillian, I don't have the money. Jillian, my tax dollars go to pay for schools. They should be providing my child with lunch. I can hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And I'm not going to negate your points, but here's the problem. Your kids are eating crap. Crap. I I mean, dare I even call it crap? I would call it poisonous crap. And the reality is that in order for your child to be optimally healthy, emotionally, psychologically, uh, socially, physically, they need nutrients. And kids can't process toxins the way that we can. Kids actually, their organs are not developed fully yet, and they cannot pass pesticides and herbicides and antibiotics and hormones and all that preservatives and crap. First of all, it's killing us. I mean, how many people do you know that have come down with cancer recently? I know at least six people in the last six months. So regardless, if you want to give your kids a fighting chance, you got to find a way to work with this. And I don't know if it's preparing your kids meals on Sunday or grab and go or whatever or teaching them what options they might have going to school with them one day and looking in the cafeteria and teaching them what options they can choose. But in the meantime, be real educated about where your representative stands. So the next time it comes down to voting for this one or that one, make sure that the person you're choosing is aligned with your ethics and your Mm. desires about where your tax dollars are spent. And in the interim, Really try to be proactive about packing your kids' lunches or teaching them about healthier food choices and seeing what options are available because this, I mean, this is just, talk about going backwards. I mean, really? And they require, here's another one. So the Obama administration wanted the wanted them to re- dramatically reduce sodium in the foods, right? But they said, no, 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 we're going to require further study on long-term sodium reduction requirements before we put forth those USDA guidelines, which, let me tell you, that's never going to, that'll be tied up in policy forever. Forever. Yeah. So that pisses me. That's another thing I'm pissed about today. Huh? Pissed. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should take some calls. I think so. I think, yeah, I think think you need to focus on something. Positive. Positive. Yeah. Well, at least we got your Twitter. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope, I just hope it's all okay. All right. We'll take a little crumpling that up. Breather. Hear that? (laughs) We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
Okay, we are back, and we have Grace waiting for you. Hey, Grace, what's going on? Hey, Julian, and hey, Janice. It's so good talking to you guys. I'm a big fan of, of both of you and of your podcast, obviously. Aw, thanks, buddy. Um, you're welcome. Um, but my question for you is, um, so I, I just graduated from college this past May, and I started a career where, uh, for my job, I'm, I'm pretty regularly on the road, um, traveling about three weeks out of the month. Whoa. And, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, so, you know, I'm not able to fix my own meals, um, and I'm often, you know, eating on the go, and I'm mm. staying in hotels that have pretty lackluster fitness centers. And um, so I just, you know, I started to notice some weight creeping on. And I guess my question for you is, um, you know, do you have any strategies or recommendations you have for me in terms of how I can kind of eat well and I gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've done this segment at least a million times, just, you know, whether it's on the Today Show or on the podcast, like you're, you're not alone. This is, this is a really common question and problem. So first of all, let's talk about the fitness portion of this. If you can be proactive and uh, when making a choice in where you stay, try to choose the place with the gym or try to choose the place near a gym so that if you're a member of 24-Hour Fitness, if you're a member of Crunch, you you know there's, there's a gym nearby. That's one you already go to, you have a membership to, or you can always buy uh, a membership for the day. But I'll be honest, I mean, I've been to these gyms sometimes, and sometimes I want $20 for the day, $25 for the day, which is obscene. So, you know, in a perfect world, research staying in a place with a gym facility in it or a gym that you already belong to nearby. If that's not an option and the weather is bad and you can't go outside and you can't go for a jog or you can't go for a run, uh, another thing that you could choose to do is to bring exercise DVDs with you and play them on your computer. As ridiculous as that sounds, you can download them off of iTunes and you can get them in a little... if If you have a computer or an iPad that doesn't have a DVD player, you can download the the file, the actual video file off of iTunes and you can utilize it that way and you can do exercise DVDs in your room, wherever you are. And I say this only because I know that I've designed mine for that reason, so that you don't need anything. The one thing you need is your body weight. You can throw a towel down on the ground. You don't need a ton of space. And if you don't have dumbbells on you, you could use... Anything. I mean, from bottles of water, which sounds ridiculous, but a bottle of water, like a you know, larger size bottle of water, is about three pounds. And trust me, for my DVDs, you probably would never go above five. Very rarely that you would. So, and a lot of times these DVDs utilize body weight, not just my own, but others. And you can do all kinds of calisthenics in your room, whether it's jumping jacks or mountain climbers or high knees or butt kicks or... Uh, cross jacks or plank jacks or this or that, the re- marching in place, jogging in place, towel runs, all these things. There's a million things you can do with your own body weight in a hotel room. So that's going to solve the fitness side of it. When it comes to nutrition, this is slightly more difficult. And I, I know this because I have lived on the road before, especially when we did losing it. I was you know, often in rural locations, 
uh, places that we would consider a food desert, which essentially means that for up to a 10 mile radius, there isn't even a real supermarket. There's a, a gas station. People are living off of gas stations and liquor stores, uh, which is which is extremely bad. So that said, one thing that you can do, and I've done this when I've traveled for long periods of time overseas as well, pack things that won't go bad. So if you can pack some raw or dry roasted almonds, uh, some protein bars that you like, there's a there's a bar. Come on, Jillian. It's called the I think it's the 21 Day Bar. My friend Marco makes it. It's it's a a vegan bar, no trans fats, no preservatives, really healthy and natural. Um, you you can pack the certain things like that that will keep so you have them while you're traveling to just grab and go instead of pulling through, you know, grabbing a donut or a bagel or something, you know, the the fast food place. If you can have that bar or those nuts to tide you over to your next meal, that's going to help a lot. Another thing is to research what some of these food chains have. So I know that if I'm in the middle of nowhere, I'm probably going to be able to find an Outback Steakhouse, as crazy as that sounds. They're everywhere. And I know there I can get a piece of fish and some greens. Know what some of those bigger chains across the country are going to have available to you. Starbucks has some good options available. They have that oatmeal that you can get for breakfast. Um, certain, uh, Certain Starbucks, by the way, in particular in California don't have trans fats and things of that nature in their foods. They'll have whole grain bagels. So I know that if I see a Starbucks, I've got an oatmeal option, and that's a that's a great potential choice. And Starbucks are everywhere. Trader Joe's is now moving uh, around the country. I know all kinds of different lunches and meals that I'm going to be able to get there. Get yourself an app on your iPhone that's going to help you locate these chains that you've already sussed out. So whether it's the Outback Steakhouses, the Starbucks, the Trader Joe's, these big chains that will have some healthy options available to you. So it's like, okay, there's my go-to. It's Outback Steakhouse. Or even, I mean, even Subway. I I hate to say this because I I really don't want to plug fast food. But the reality is I get that vegetarian sandwich at Subway. And it's not the healthiest food on the planet, Just simply because, you know, are the vegetables organic? No, but guess what? They're not organic when I go out to eat at the fanciest restaurant in Los Angeles either. So I get their vegetarian sandwich. It has avocado on it and all the veggies on it. The bread has high, you know, some of it has high fructose corn syrup in it. It's not ideal, but it's a hell of a lot better than stopping and getting the burger and the fries or the salad with a thousand calories and the hormones and the crappy meat and the preservatives and all of that. So... That's what I want you to think about. I want you to look at these big chains that are national that you can find on the go and you have your go-to items and then make sure that you've got your bars and your nuts so that when you're in a tough spot with regard to food, you've got your snacking items as well. Okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's that's really helpful. And, and you know, I'm you talk about this gas stations. I end up in some really tiny towns and it's like, there's the local gas station and maybe, you know, a roadside taco stand. Oh, <laughs> so, boy. Um, but, but I think, you know, have, carrying stuff with me, I think that'll help a little bit. And what I know, you know, on your show you talk a lot about making sure that we're eating organic and non-GMO yeah. and those kinds of things. That's 
one of the biggest things is sometimes, you know, I'll try to maybe go into a supermarket and pick up some fruit or something to kind of supplement whatever I'm getting, you know, because I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot of fruits and veggies at restaurants and out. Yeah. Um, Let me tell I you. almost never, yeah. Here's how you handle well, that. You're going to make a choice of the thicker skinned fruits and vegetables. So, for example, okay. I was somewhere um, with a friend the other day and we were we were away uh, and for breakfast, they brought her fruit salad and my friend is pregnant. And I was like, OK, I looked, at the, I looked at the bowl of fruit and there's, you know, it was beautiful. There were strawberries and raspberries and blueberries and all of this stuff. And I and I was like, OK, take off the grapes, take off the berries. <laughs> you can have the pineapple because it had a rind. You can have the oranges because it had a rind. You can have the melon because it had a rind. Like anything with that thick skin, the banana that's going to be the better choice. The watermelon, the honeydew, the cantaloupe, the pineapple, the oranges. So you're going to make those choices so that you minimize the amount of pesticides you're taking in. Honestly, I, I didn't even want, it wasn't even a conversation. I was like, you're not, <laughs> you're not feeding that baby <laughs> pesticides. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. you know, that's, that, that is how you, you manage those things is by, Making And by the way, for those people that can't afford organic, period, that's the way that they should be eating. And I, I had that fight with my mother once. She had blueberries in her refrigerator that were non-organic. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You can't have this. And she, she's like, honey, the ones that aren't organic are like $5 a carton or, or, or you know, a package. And I said, well, you know what, mom, chemo for the cancer that you're going to get from all this pesticide on your blueberries is going to be real costly as well. And I just said, you don't get it. Then if that's the case, you don't get the blueberries. You'll get the orange or the thicker skinned fruits and vegetables to get your vitamin C because I'd rather you not eat it at all. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but let me tell you, when you know as much as I do about the effects of these kinds of toxins and the cumulative effect of them, because it's not just the food, it's also the air and the water and the plastics and the cosmetics and the cooking products and the cleaning products. So the accumulation of these things in our body is really a recipe for disaster. That's how you minimize it when you're on the go. Okay. You're doing so great, though. The fact that you're, like, thinking about this and you're being so mindful and so proactive, that's, that's really, that's great. I love that you're, you're doing that. And it's tough to do, I know, but there are ways. You're never going to be perfect on the road, but you can be good yeah. enough. And that's what matters. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate your, uh, your insight. And, um, and uh, you guys really do. You get me through some of these long drives on the road. So. Oh, thanks, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> well, we really appreciate your listening and we really appreciate your call. Thank you. Take care, Grace. Bye. Yeah, that's tough, man. Being on the road like that. Ugh. I had to do that, boy, for losing it. It was not. It was not easy. Yeah. You're out of your element and it, it ain't it ain't it ain't pretty sometimes. You. I can't seem to get Ramona back. Um, Tried her and I, so so I, so I will ask you your question. Yeah, because because she emailed it. So uh, yeah. Ramona wanted to know about zigzagging, zigzagging calories. Yeah, she said, "What is your opinion on zigzagging calories, and is it more effective than just sticking to one low calorie intake every day?" Hmm, good question. Okay, I've so, never heard of zigzagging. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I I wrote about it in my first book. Oh, and I used to I used to do it with my contestants a lot, but I kind of. I kind of perfected it a little bit, but here's the concept of zigzagging, and it, it works. And I had huge fights with the doctor on The Biggest Loser about it for years and years and years. But 
There's no scientific evidence to suggest blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the guy was not a weight loss doctor. But here's the reality. The concept behind it is as follows. Your weekly calorie allowance is set. So let's say that you're going to eat 1,400 calories a day, okay? And I'll get out my trusty little phone calculator here. What's 1,400 times... Thank you. Thank you, Rain Man. 9,800 <laughs> 9, calories. Okay. So if you're eating 1,400 calories a day, your weekly calorie allowance is 9,800 calories. And what that means is that that's your target for the week. How you hit that is up to you. So one day you might do 1,200 calories. The next day you might do 1,600 calories. Then one day you might do 11, and the next day you might do 1,700, and then one day you might do 14, and the next day you might do 14. That's called zigzagging calories. Now, the idea behind this is that when you dramatically reduce your calorie intake, because your body is what we call a dynamic homeostasis, what that means is that your body has learned over thousands of years to adapt to your environment. So when your food intake is dramatically decreased, your body goes, oh my gosh, food is scarce. We're going through a period of famine. Let's slow down our metabolism. And that is generally, if there's such a thing as a real plateau, that is what would cause a real plateau is the body is responding to what it is perceiving as a period of famine. Now, the high calorie days that you're zigzagging in and out What they do is they allow you to trick your metabolism into thinking that, oh, I ate a lot. Oh, today's a little slow. Oh, today I'm today. Things are bountiful. Oh, today is a cutback. So your body never adjusts and slows your metabolic function down to accommodate a decreased food intake. Now, you can. Uh, there's sort of a more efficient way to do this. But the idea is, the the thing with that is, if you're going to zigzag calories, that's totally okay. But you just got to make sure that you don't exceed that weekly calorie allowance. Because if you go, well, one day I'm going to go bananas, and you eat 2,000, and then the day after that you eat 1,200, the reality is you're not really accurately tracking calories, so you run the risk of not creating any calorie deficit at all. So if you're going to zigzag, you really got to be mindful of hitting those marks and making sure that your weekly calorie allowance is on point. So if you're going to go for 1,600, and the next day you're going to go for 1,200, you've got to be on point to make sure that your average intake per day is 1,400. Does that make sense to you guys? Janice is confused. Well, you know, I would have to, I would have to re-listen to this podcast. What? Well, because... What do you mean? Jake, did you get it? Thank God. Yeah. Why don't you go do your spread eagle commando push-ups on the floor, and I'll speak to Jake and our intelligent listeners out there, because okay. uh, you're not one of them. Um, okay, but the way that I did this with my contestants back in the day is I would keep them low actually all week long, and I would give them one high-calorie day, and I found it to be the most effective. So I would keep them 1,200 calories. I would keep them low, and then... On let's say Sunday or the day of the weigh-in, after they had already weighed in, I would let them go to two thousand for the girls and twenty five hundred for the guys, and that one high calorie day was enough. So it it helped me perfect that zigzagging 
So we weren't every day having to eat, you know, different things and re-add the math and this and that. I just took one high calorie day. And it wasn't a day to binge. It wasn't a free for all. It wasn't eat whatever you want day. It was 2,000 calories for girls, 2,500 calories for guys. But meanwhile, mind you, they were exercising nearly six hours a day, six days of the week. So, and they were morbidly obese. They didn't have 10, 15, 20 pounds to lose. That's the concept behind it. If you genuinely, here's how this applies to most of you guys out there. If you have truly hit a plateau, and that means if you are in fact actually counting your calories, because often with plateaus, people just aren't counting calories. They think they've plateaued, but they've stopped counting calories or they never were counting calories. And you don't have a huge deficit because you're not counting your calories or you're not working out. Because sometimes when people just start dieting, the huge shift in the food is enough to help them drop a lot of weight quickly, 10 pounds, for sometimes guys 20 pounds, but they're not working out. Then the body levels out and without the exercise, their calorie deficit is minimal, maybe 100 calories a day, which is going to equal possibly a pound a month. So the idea here is if you truly have plateaued if you are working out and you are watching what you eat and you have created a genuine calorie deficit of 500 calories a day or a thousand calories a day which would equal one to two pounds a week and you're not seeing the weight loss take three days off of training and up your calorie intake by 10 percent the following week or take three days off of training throw a very high calorie day in there like the 2000 or the 2500 and you'll see that shift that's when your body is really just looking for a little reassurance that you're not going to starve. So yeah, isn't that what we all need is just a little reassurance? A little validation. But you're not going to get here, Janice. Well, obviously. Hang on. <laughs> all right, you have to say goodbye now. Why? Because I think we just had enough. <laughs> She's going to start wheezing again. Yeah. I, I think it's time. Bid, bid farewell. And, but nicely. No. Well, what else? Would you like to share something else? See? (laughs) (laughs) See, it's time to go. All right. you're getting, I can tell you're getting uh, weenie. Okay, bye. Your daddy drank himself half to death when he was 39 years old. But I hope he don't think I feel like a father to you. But I want to tell you. So much you're a thousand miles away I'm at the wheel of my car And I'm coming on home to you Lonely hearts They're not made to break I got no spare parts Got no oil to change Honey, I ain't accustomed to late Something bad enough, I always find a way to get through. If I want something bad enough, I always find a way to get through. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, 
takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>